0: That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Hallelujah. It's good to see you um, this evening once again. God bless you for coming. I know you have been enjoying the word that I've been sharing with you all this while. I've been sharing concerning um, supernatural accomplishments through our union with Christ. And I've shared so many things already. Tonight I'm going to conclude on this particular subject and pick something else on Sunday. Um, We're in the month of March and it's a month of supernatural accomplishments through the Word of God. So I'm going to be sharing with you on the Word of God, what to do with it to produce results and all of that. And uh, Sunday I'm going to start. But tonight I want to conclude on this all-important subject to the glory of God. Let's start with the word of prayer and I will continue. Father, thank you for this evening. Thank you for your children who have gathered in all these wonderful places to hear your word. Thank you that your word proceeds with power, with grace. Thank you that every single heart is engulfed by your word in the name of the Lord Jesus. Thank you that your word produces results in their lives. Thank you for the ministry of the Holy Spirit that is present wherever they are right now. Thank you that this message brings them results and fruits on every side of their lives and shows them how to live and what to do, how to live the victorious life that you have designed for them to live, even in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So last Sunday, like I was saying, I started sharing with you concerning um, our union, our oneness with Christ in his resurrection. I've been sharing with you on, on this um, for some time now, and I shared with you concerning how that we are one with him in spirit, in, in soul, and in body. And how we are one with him in various ways. He showed us through various means, um, through the scriptures. How that we are one with him. Uh, he's the head, we are the body. You know, he's, he's, uh, he's the vine, we are the branches. He's the foundation, we are the building. You know, he's everything. And he's identified with us in every single thing that he did. Okay? So all that Jesus said is actually for us he did it because of us and on our account hallelujah so i shared with you concerning how we are one with him in his death how that his death represents or means that we have also died to to sin and we are now alive to god and as i share with you concerning how that we are one with him in resurrection isn't it and I, I shared on sunday so many things on sunday if you weren't able to come to church on sunday you can find it online I think it's, it's supposed to be on YouTube by now. So it should be on YouTube. If it's not, it will be, it will be on by, the, by tomorrow morning. You'll have it. Okay. So I shared concerning how what it means, what our oneness with him in resurrection means for us. And I mentioned that it means eternal life for us or a new life in Christ for us, if you remember. Then I also shared how that um, it also means that we have victory over death and the fear of death. And victory over the children of death. That is weakness, sickness, failure, poverty, etc. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because we are one with him. We have victory over sickness, over weakness, over death, over poverty. And every other child of death. We have victory over death. And victory over the fear of death. Resurrection is that which has come out of death. And is unscathed, or untainted by death. You see, it came out of death. So we came out of the of the graves with Jesus when he came out of the graves. What it means is that the graves do not have a hold on us. Everything, the Bible talks about how that um, death entered because of sin. And sin entered because of man's disobedience. You know, so with death comes so many things. Weakness, sickness, poverty, and all of that. But by by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and by His his work on the cross... We are one with him and hence his resurrection is our resurrection. Hallelujah. Now, this evening I want to start out by showing you um another thing that the resurrection also means for us. So his resurrection means righteousness for us. That's the third thing. There are four of them, but let me show you this one. Righteousness. It means righteousness. If you read Romans chapter four, verse twenty-five, it says who was delivered for offenses? Let's read from verse 24, so it makes more sense. Okay? He was talking about Jesus. He says, but for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, then he puts a semicolon there, isn't it? Yeah. Then, So he's letting you know that he's talking about Jesus. So Jesus, you can read verse 25 this way. Jesus, who was delivered for our offenses, and was raised again for our justification. Let's read the amplified. It makes it will help us. He was raised again for our justification. The amplified says, "But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on Him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead." Next, there's verse 25, "Who was betrayed and put to death because of our misdeeds, and our and was raised to secure our justification, our acquittal, making our account balance and absorbing us from all guilt before God." Amazing, it. it says Jesus was raised. To secure our justification, our acquittal. Then he explains it even further: making our account balanced and absorbing us from all guilt before God. So our the resurrection of Jesus Christ is proof of the fact that we have been declared not guilty. We have been acquitted before God, and our account has been balanced, absorbing us from all guilt before God. So there's no guilt. Now, when it comes to you and God, there's no challenge anymore. We are now one with him. If, if you've read in your Bible very carefully, you see the various levels of righteousness that are explained in the scriptures. And it all starts, um, or it's all found in Christ. It is because of Jesus' work. Because of Jesus' work, we now have something called the gift of righteousness. Okay? And that's what he's talking about here. We are acquitted because man had sinned against God and man was in trouble with God. And man needed someone to help him. Okay, man was guilty before God. But Jesus' sacrifice brings satisfaction to God. And so God declares you and I not guilty. It's like going to court, someone killing somebody, committing murder. And then the person is put on the stands in court. And then someone else comes and says that because you are guilty, the guy is guilty. The one who did that, the committed the, the murder is guilty. It's clear he needs to be proven guilty you know and there's there's so much proof there's so much evidence against you but then after you've been declared guilty someone else comes in and says that i'll serve your sentence for you and i'm going to pay for every single thing that you need to pay for and that person is jesus he came to pay everything and because he he, he paid everything He was declared guilty, and because he was declared guilty, you were declared not guilty because he took your place. He took our place. He identified himself with us and substituted himself for us. So his suffering was our suffering. Okay? And you can't pay you can't pay for um something twice. Because it's been paid for in Christ, we are now absorbed from all guilt before God. Hallelujah. So, Jesus' resurrection is proof of our justification or our declaration of being made righteous. And I mentioned that there are three levels of righteousness. We are declared not guilty, which is a gift because of Jesus' sacrifice. We are declared not guilty. You know, and that's what I I showed you here. If you read Romans chapter 5, verse 17, you see it. Let's read Romans 5, verse 17 in the King James, please. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, how much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. So he, said he calls it the gift of righteousness. Righteousness is a gift. Righteousness means the ability to stand before God without any sense of guilt or condemnation or inferiority. So right now you can talk to God. You can make demands from God because you are now his child. You couldn't have done that before. But because of Jesus' um, work and Jesus' suffering and death, You are now, because you have accepted what it did as yours, you are now a child of God, and hence you are in a relationship with God. You can be in a relationship with God because you have been given righteousness as a gift. You have been declared not guilty. So you are not guilty before God. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. Because you are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation for you. It's a gift. You don't need to do anything for it. A gift is a gift. All you need to do is stretch stretch your hands and take that gift. Okay, so it's a gift because of what Jesus did, Jesus took our place, and hence we are now declared not guilty. So if if you feel sometimes people feel that, oh, because I did ABCD, God does not like me. It's not true. God does not see you any longer, God sees what Jesus did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So He's declared you not guilty. You are not guilty before him. You can never be guilty before Him. Now, if 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 you feel guilty, God did something more to help you with your feeling of guilt. So that's the next level of righteousness. It's called Jesus our righteousness or Christ our righteousness. So after um, declaring us not guilty and giving us righteousness as a gift because of Jesus' resurrection, okay, that's because of Jesus' resurrection. But when Jesus was alive here on earth, Jesus never did anything wrong. The Bible says he was tempted in all points. Let me show it to you to Hebrews chapter 4. Let's read verse 15. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15. It says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmity. So if you feel infirmed in any way, if you, you have a feeling that maybe God has not forgiven me because of something I did, Pastor, you don't understand though. You don't know what I have done. How can you say I'm not guilty before God? How can you say I'm not guilty before God? You don't know what I have done. Do you know what I have done? (laughs) Do you know the thoughts that have come into my mind before? Pastor, you have no idea. Now, if you have that feeling, he's letting you know that he's dealt with that as well. So he says, For we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Okay, go to chapter 2. Let me show you that Jesus feels what you feel. Hmm? Chapter 2, Hebrews chapter 2. Let's read. From verse 14. Hebrews 2 from verse 14. He says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death. That is the devil. Next verse. It's nice. I just want to read everything to you. okay? And deliver them who through the fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. I, I preached on this on Sunday, if you remember. Verse 16 says, For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Verse 17 Wherefore in all things it behoved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. Verse 18, For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to seek all or help them that are tempted. I don't know if you are catching it. He says because he himself was tempted, he is able to help all those who are tempted, go back. Let's, let's read it in, uh, from verse 17 into verse 18. Let's read it in the Amplified. Let's see what it will say. It says, So it is evident that it was essential that he be made like his brethren in every respect in order that he might become a merciful, sympathetic, and faithful high priest in, th- in the things related to God, to make atonement and propitiation for the people's sins. Next verse. For because he himself in his humanity has suffered in being tempted, tested and tried. When Jesus was on earth, he was tempted, tested, and tried, like you. If you feel that you, had, you were are attracted to something, and you, you you it's like it's a problem for you. Remember, he says, remember that Jesus also was tempted and tested just like you, because he was also a human being. Wow. He says, because he, he, was, he suffered like you are suffering, he is able immediately, not two days after you have gone through that problem, he is able immediately to run to the cry of assist, relieve those who are being tempted and tested and tried, and who therefore are being exposed to suffering. Wow! He is able to run, immediately to run to the cry of assist. He's able to run to you and assist you and relieve you who are being tempted and tested and tried. And who therefore are being exposed to suffering. That's 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 who he is. That's, who, that's what he does in your life. So Jesus is not far away from you. He's there to help you. First of all, he's there to help you stand. Second of all, if you should fall, this shows you that he's, help, he's there to help you. He's able to help you, assist you in your temptation, in your trial. So that you don't fall. You get it? Like when, when the temptation has come, that lady has given you scholarship and you don't know what to do. That gentleman has given you scholarship and you don't know what to do. That gay brother is looking at you in a certain way and telling you, flashing money in front of you that Charlie, if you allow me, I'll give you $10,000. You know, he says, Jesus is, Jesus has felt that before. You think homosexuality started today? It was at, it was on its height or at its height during Jesus' time. Because Jesus came in ancient Rome. Yeah. Yeah. He came during the Roman Empire. And in Rome, the relationship in Rome was this, the relationship of a man with others was this way. It was a man with, first of all, a boy. Sexually speaking, they preferred boys. Young boys. Pedophilia. uh, Pedophiles. They preferred boys. Then concubines, second of all. And then their wives came last. So on the... (laughs) It was very bad. I tell you. So we have not seen much. Yet Jesus was in the world at that time. Yes. Ancient Rome was so wild that... I don't know if you've ever heard of Pompey. Pompey was... I mean, Pompey had to be just... just, Because out of all of Rome, that was the worst of them all. You know, and... There was a volcanic eruption and then everybody died. Not even one person escaped. They said it was God's judgment against them. Yeah, because it was so much. It was so much. And when they, when they went to check the place after many years, they realized that even on the floor, there were, there were pornographic drawings on the floor. It's like as you are moving around, you see it on the floor. It's on the pavement blocks. Wow! Jesus was there at that time. Now, go to... Chapter 4, what we're reading, chapter 4. If you remember, we're reading chapter 4 before we went back. We're reading verse 15, okay? Let's read it in the Amplified so that you understand it. It says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to understand and sympathize and have a shared feeling with our weaknesses and infirmities and liability to the assaults of temptation, but one who has been tempted in every respect as we are, yet without sinning. So Jesus was tempted in every respect as you and I have been tempted in this world in which we are. But he did not do anything wrong without sin. Wow! He didn't do even one thing wrong. Not in word, not in thought, not in sight, not in action, nothing. He was tempted like you and I are tempted but he never sinned against God. Now, his righteousness... Okay. Because he never sinned against God. He had a certain standing with God. God called him my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He had a certain standing with God because he was not fooling around like every other person. Now his righteousness is given to you as a gift as well. Jesus is made the righteous, your righteousness as well. So if you read in first Corinthians chapter one verse 30, he says that for of him are ye in, in, in Christ who of God is made unto us wisdom. Then he says, Righteousness. Okay? So what he's trying to let you know is that Jesus has made righteousness to you. So if God looks at you, he doesn't look at you. He doesn't see you. He sees Jesus. I don't know if you're catching it. It's like you are inside Jesus. And when God is looking for you, he has to look at Jesus. So in Colossians chapter 3 verse 1, he says that if you then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated. Okay? Then he says uh, where Christ is on the right hand of God. Verse 2. Then he says, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Verse 3, for ye are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. So your life, you are hid with Christ in God. You are inside Jesus. So when something goes on, if you feel that you did something wrong, remember that Jesus was tempted like you were tempted, but he didn't fall. And his ability to not fall is now your righteousness. So even though you fell, God does not see what you did. He sees what Jesus did, which was not for when that thing came. Wow. Are you surprised? Jesus has made our righteousness. So, we are the we, we are He is now our righteous. So, if the devil starts condemning you and saying that, hey, you're this boy. What are you going to do in church? Mm-hmm. Have you forgotten who you are? You were a smoker. What do you mean? What are you going to do in church? <laughs> Foolish boy. <laughs> Foolish girl. How many boys have you slept with since you started life? You are just 19. Look at how many what the things that you have done in your life. You are just 25. Look at the foolish things. Look at the abortions you have done in your life. In your attempts to, to fellowship with the Lord and talk to the Lord, the devil starts talking to you in a certain way. Now, what you need to do is remind him that, listen, Mr. Devil, know that I am not going and moving around with my own righteousness. I'm moving around with the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is my righteousness. If you have any question to ask, go and ask Jesus. If you have anybody to blame, go and blame you. can't blame me because he, his righteousness is my righteousness. Jesus was tempted in all points, yet without sin. And his righteousness is my righteousness. So if he points a, a, an accusing finger at you, point a finger at Jesus. Tell him, point your finger at Jesus. It's Jesus you should be condemned, not me. Because he is my righteousness. hallelujah Hallelujah. so if you're right if the gift of righteousness that you have should fail in any way god has secured you by making jesus your righteousness so that you can point to him and say listen you can't accuse me you can't you can't you can't make me feel guilty no yes i know i did something wrong but jesus is my righteousness now god does these two things to help you live for him okay the aim of god is for you to be a representation of his righteousness, of his goodness. So in Second Corinthians 5, verse 21, he says that for he made him to, to be sin. He made Jesus to be sin. Who knew no sin? So that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Okay? He says he made him. He has made him to be sin. He has made Jesus to be sin. So that you and I may be made the righteousness of God in Christ. This is Christianity. What he means is that Jesus, God has made you. That's the final level of righteousness. There are three levels. Righteousness as, as a gift. Jesus being made the righteousness and then you being made the righteousness of God. This is what the gospel is all about. The gospel is the gospel of righteousness. Okay? What does righteousness mean? He wants you to be the demonstration of his character, of his kindness, of his love, of his patience here on earth. He wants you to present him here on earth. So he has made you his righteousness. I don't know if you are catching it. God can never be wrong. God can never do anything wrong. God can never sin. God can never be wicked. No. God is is righteous. So he made... He, he After he has given you the gift of righteousness because of what Jesus did, because of Jesus' blood, and making Jesus your righteousness, he makes you his righteousness. You are now the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You. You are now the representation of Jesus or the representation of God here on earth. I don't know if you catch it. Yeah. yeah. So he secures you. He gives you righteousness as a gift and makes Jesus your righteousness so that you can... Represent him as his righteousness in the earth. So, if you read in First Peter chapter two verse nine, it says that but we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, and holy nation, a peculiar people. Okay, a peculiar people that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Let's let's read the amplified of First Peter two nine to help you some more. I don't know if you are learning anything. Yeah. He says, but you are chosen race, a royal priest, a dedicated nation, God's own purchased special people. God says you are purchased and you are special to him. For what purpose? So that you may set forth the wonderful deeds and display the virtues and perfections of God who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. I don't know if you are catching it. He says he has called you to be the one who sets forth his wonderful deeds, set forth his virtues. His excellence, his moral excellence, his perfections here on earth, and that is being the righteous, being made the righteousness of God. So He has made you His righteousness, so that you can represent Him here on earth. So that if someone is looking for God, the person must look for you. If someone is looking for the excellence of God, he must look for you. If someone is looking for the beauty of God, he must look for you. If someone is looking for the the, the kindness and the goodness of God, the person must look for you because you are the expresser of the goodness and the kindness of God. You are the expresser of the glory of God. You are the one here to express the beauty of God, the perfections of God, the moral excellence of God. Now, if you should fail in expressing that, remember, he has given you righteousness as a gift. And remember that Jesus is your righteousness. So if you make a mistake in your attempt to express God, don't worry. Remember what he has done. He has secured you with these two things so that you can be the one to show forth his perfections. I don't know if you catch it. And all this comes as a result of Jesus' resurrection. His resurrection gives us righteousness in all of its form. So if you read in Romans, let me show you one last verse. Romans chapter 3, verse 20 to verse 26. Romans 3, 20 to 26. It says, therefore by the deeds of the law sh- there shall no flesh be justified in God's sight. For by the law is the knowledge of sin. Maybe some other time I'll talk about this some more. Verse 21. In his, but now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Maybe I should explain it to you. If you read verse 20, he says, Therefore by the deeds of the law, or by the doings of the law, he says that if you try to keep God's commandment, uh, which he gave in the Old Testament, thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt not do that, you can never be declared righteous. You can never not have guilt before God. Because if you keep thou shalt not steal, and you don't keep thou shalt not um, worship an idol, other gods, you are filled from thou shalt not steal. It's not a small thing. It's difficult. Because it's difficult, Jesus came to come and fulfill the law and abolish it. And now he is now the righteousness of God for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So verse 21 says, there's a certain righteousness that has come. You don't need to do anything for it. That's what he's saying. He says, but now the righteousness of God, it's called the righteousness of God. Without the law, is manifested or it is apart from the law. The law has nothing to do with it. You don't need to go through the law keep the law for it. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed by the law and the prophets or being spoken of by the law and the prophets. What is the law? He's talking about the law of Moses. What Moses wrote. So Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy represents the law. Then the prophets rep- is from uh, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, all the things that the prophets wrote. Minor prophets, major prophets, all that they wrote. He says, All of them spoke. They witnessed or they testified concerning this particular righteousness of God which was going to come. Are you seeing it? So, But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested. Being witnessed or being spoken of by the law and the prophets. Then he lets you know what it is. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. Which comes to you by faith of Jesus Christ. Have you seen it? The righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ unto all and upon all them that believe, for there's no difference. No difference between who? No difference between the Jew and the Greek. Because all through from Romans chapter one, he was comparing Jews and Greeks. He says there's no difference between them because all of them were condemned under sin. So the next verse verse 23 says, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. All who, who are they all he's talking about? Jew and Gentile. All Jews and all Gentiles are declared guilty before God. They all need help. They all need the Lord. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Okay? That is why this righteousness is for everybody. Because everybody has sinned and have fallen short of the glory of God. So, all that everybody needs to do is to believe in Jesus Christ. If you have faith in Jesus Christ, this righteousness is given to you free of charge. God makes you his righteousness. He makes you his right. You become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Next verse. Verse 24 explains this some more. Then it says, Being justified freely by his grace through the redemption that is in christ Jesus. let's read the amplifier, maybe to help us all are justified because all are falling short of the glory of god therefore all are justified and made upright and in right standing with god freely and gratuitously by his grace his unmerited favor and mercy how through the redemption which is provided in christ jesus so there's redemption. The word redemption is buying back. There's a buying back through Jesus Christ. Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection makes everything new. Now, all you need to do is say, yes, I believe in what you did for me. And that righteousness is imputed to you. And that's what happened when you became a Christian. As soon as you, you said yes to Jesus and decided, I believe in what you did for me on the course of Christ. I believe that when you died, I died. When you rose from the dead, I rose from the dead. His righteousness becomes your righteousness. And you become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't know if you are catching it. Verse 24. Verse twenty-five, rather. Let's let's read. Still reading the amplified. That's nice. He says, "Whom God Jesus, whom God put forth to be put forth before the eyes of all as a message and propitiation by His blood, the cleansing and life-giving sacrifice of atonement and reconciliation to be received through faith. This was to show God's righteousness." He says, "He allowed Jesus to die." So that he can show his righteousness. This was to show God's righteousness. Because in his divine forbearance. He had passed over and ignored the former sins. Without punishment. Verse 26. It was to demonstrate and prove at the present time. In the now season. That he himself is righteous. And that he justifies. Or declares righteous. And accepts as righteous. Him who has true faith in Jesus. I don't know if you are seeing it. Yeah, it was to declare God's righteousness. So God's it is God's righteousness to declare you not guilty. It is God's righteousness to declare you free and to declare you not condemned before Him and to make you His righteousness because you have faith in Jesus Christ. That is a righteousness. That is God's righteousness. God is righteous in declaring you not guilty. God is righteous in making the sinner righteous before Him. Wow, what a blessing! So because we are one with Him in 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 resurrection, we are now declared not guilty. We have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. We have been given righteousness as a gift. And Jesus has made our righteousness. What it means is that now you can stand before God with all confidence. You know, one of the things that Jesus did when he was on earth was prayer. Jesus prayed with confidence. Jesus could tell the the devil to get out. And he would not think that, hey, maybe because I did something wrong yesterday, the devil would not respond to me. No. The devil responds to him all the time. Why? Because he had confidence before God. He had right standing with God. Jesus could pray for the sick and expect results because he was a righteous of God in the earth. Now you also have the same confidence. You can have that same confidence that your prayer will be heard and answered by God. Sometimes when you are praying i you have done something wrong, when you lift your hand, when they say, let us lift holy hands in the church, as you are lifting your hands, the devil will say, which hands are holy? <laughs> Is it these hands? My friend, put your hand down. <laughs> But because of what, if you remember what Jesus did for you, you can lift up your holy hands because these hands are still holy no matter what. No matter what happened. He says if you sin, confess your sin and is faithful and righteous to forgive your sin. To confess your sin and continue in your demonstration of who he is. Demonstrate his character. That's what he has sent you here for. Don't let anything stop you or anyone stop you. The devil try to stop you. Don't let him stop you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus was bold. Okay? Now we can be bold in our request to God. We can accomplish supernatural things because of our union with Jesus in his resurrection. Jesus accomplished supernatural things. Jesus was bold in expecting results when he prayed. For the sick, the dead, calming nature, etc. Because he knew he had right standing with God. He was not afraid of the devil. Demons and the results of their activities... He was bold in addressing them because his confidence was in his oneness or union with the Father. So you to have confidence in your oneness and in your union with the Father. Know that you are one with them. Because you are one with them, whatever requests you make, you shall have your requests. Don't let anything or anyone prevent you from making requests with boldness and with confidence. With expectation. The expectation of the righteous shall not be cut short. Your expectation as the righteousness of God will never be cut short. Yeah. So don't say, uh, maybe God is punishing me because of, the th- of what I did five years ago. Maybe God is punishing me because you, you, you asked for something that has not come in a certain way. Oh, maybe God is punishing me because I did something last month. No, God is not like you. God is not like a man. He's not. He thinks differently. And the word of God shows us how he thinks. Jesus had boldness, he had confidence. So now you to have boldness and have confidence because of what you know he did for you on the cross of Calvary. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Say I'm the righteousness of God. I'm the righteous. In Christ Jesus. Christ. Yeah. Don't say I'm a sinner. You know that we are sinners. No. He says that he has taken you from sin and brought you into righteousness. So say that you are the righteousness of God. Lose your sin consciousness and gain righteousness consciousness. And live the way he has designed for you to live. Now you can live. You can bear fruits of glory. Remember, he's a vine and you are the branch. We are the fruit-bearing part of the of the vine. We are the ones who produce fruits for the world to see that Jesus is alive. For the world to see that God is alive. How someone know God is alive? It's going to be through you. And through your confidence in him. And your confidence in talking to him. And making requests. Knowing that you'll be answered. Don't be afraid when i are making requests. Jesus was never afraid. Jesus ne- never prayed and, say- and said, Father, I want to multiply bread. Yay, I just remembered what I did yesterday. Yay, Father, forgive me. Oh, Father, (laughs) Father, forgive me. And he went on for three days. Some, some people can ask for forgiveness for three days. Some can ask for forgiveness for one month. You feel that you feel condemned for one month, two months. Some can go for a year, two years. Yes, never acceptable before God. You feel you are not, you are not accepted before God. Meanwhile, He says He has accepted you in the beloved. You are His beloved. He has accepted you. So be confident okay your confidence will help you live for him your confidence in his provision will help you live for him and when you should falter in any way you know that you have forgiveness it is part of the package you can take forgiveness for yourself and continue in righteousness not allowing anything to keep you on a certain level for so long hallelujah remember jesus was centered in all points and yet without sin and he is now made your righteousness what a blessing So apart from us being united with him in resurrection, we are united with him in his ascension and seating. We are one with him in in his ascension and seating. And I want to show you some scriptures along that line. So we are identified with Jesus in his ascension and seating. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to verse 23. Let's read Ephesians 1, 19 to 20. I don't know if you're enjoying what I'm sharing with you. I don't know if I'm helping you in any way. I'm sure I am. Hallelujah. He says, And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us what? He's praying that you get to know the exceeding greatness of God's power towards you who believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought or worked in Christ. Verse 20. When he raised him from the dead. Now, he didn't just raise him from the dead. We just spoke about raising him from the dead, which is resurrection. He says, after he raised him from the dead, he set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. He set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. So After Jesus had been raised from the dead, he was set on the right hand in the heavenly places. Okay? And there are several scriptures that show us. Let me show you some more. Go to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. Remember, we identified with him. So when he was raised, we were raised with him. When he was seated, we were seated together with him. Okay. So in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4, he shows us he says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we're dead in sin, has he? Quickened us together with Christ. Or raised us together with Christ. Then it says by grace I received." Next verse, verse 6. And has raised us up together. And made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So he raised us up together. And now we are seated together with him. In heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now this is significant. We are seated with him in glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at Colossians chapter 3 verse 1. Eulerians 3-1. He says, if, the, if if, ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ seated on the right hand of God. How is it? So Christ is seated on the right hand of God. He says, because you are risen with him, remember that you are seated with him. We are seated with him. There's something that his, this, our sitting brings to us. Our consciousness of our sitting or where we are now makes all the difference. Look at Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. There are so many scriptures I want to show you along this line. And I want you to take notice of the phrase right hand of God. He sat him at the right hand of God. Not at the right hand side of God. So he's not trying to let you know that God is seated here and Jesus is seated on his right hand side. He didn't say right hand side. He said right hand of God. Now the right hand of God represents a place of authority. The place of authority. Meaning that Jesus is God and he has the authority of God. That's what he's trying to say. If you've read history and seen some of these movies, that ancient movies that they act. You will see the the king's hand. Someone has a position called the king's hand. And he acts as a king everywhere he goes. Because he's the the king's right hand. Hallelujah. When we say someone is the man, he's the the king's right hand man. What it means is that he's the one who has authority from the king. Okay, let me show it to you. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3 now. It says, Jesus, who being the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, When he had by himself purged our sins, when Jesus had by himself purged our sins, he sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. Have you seen it? He sat down on the right hand of the majesty on high. So he sat down. Say he sat down. down. Yes, he's seated. Jesus is not struggling. He's seated. Sitting is a position of rest. He's not struggling. He's at rest. And we are at rest in him. Wow. Now, go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 12. There are so many scriptures along this line. I want to show them all to you. He says, but this man, he's talking about Jesus. He says, but this man, after he had offered one sacrifice for sins forever, sat down on the right hand of God. He offered one sacrifice for sins forever. Amazing. Mm-hmm. And sat down on the right hand of God because he now has authority. Go to 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 22. He says, who is gone into heaven? He's talking about Jesus. Okay. Jesus has gone into heaven and is on the right hand of God. Then it says angels and authorities and powers are being made subject unto him. So right now we are in him. We are seated in him. And we are seated our spiritual position. So if you want to know what your location is, your spiritual location is. It's actually in the heavenly places. Seated in Christ. And with Christ on the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I don't know if you like what I'm telling you. Yeah. And I said that the right hand is the place of what? Of authority. And because we're in the place of authority, he says, angels and authorities and powers are made subject unto him. If they are made subject unto him, they are made subject unto us. So if you read in 1st Ephesians chapter 1, once again, go back to Ephesians chapter 1. We read verse 19, 20, but we didn't continue. Let's read it once again. Let's read it from verse 19. He says, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power to us, what we believe, according to the working of his mighty power, which he brought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. Next verse. Remember, we are one with him, right? He's the head. We are the body. The head cannot be seated in the body. The head cannot be seated in the heavenlies and the body will be here on earth like that. No, we are all together. We are seated together with him. Then he says, far above all principality. He has been set far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but also in that which is to come wow so we are seated far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every throne so there's nothing from the devil that can touch you successfully because you are seated far above all principality and power so you can't say that oh my 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 family demons are the ones who are worrying me you have been set far above Above every demon, every power, every spirit that you can think about. In the other spirit, you are you are fearful. You are wild, I tell you. Because you are seated in Christ. Above, far above. Far above. So you can't say my, the witches in my family are the ones worrying me. Witches are the least of the least in the kingdom of the devil. We have been set above the highest in the kingdom of darkness. Including the devil himself. We have been set above him. Above all principality and power. Above all spirits of wickedness. So there's no spirit of wickedness that can touch you. Why? Because you are identified with Jesus. And you are seated together with him in heavenly places. You are resting. So never say, never say, my my destiny has been locked somewhere. Any prophet who meets you and tells you your destiny has been locked somewhere is lying to you. These days there are people who are walking on the streets. And they'll stop people. And they'll say, "I I have a message from God to you. I see that your destiny has been locked somewhere and I, I want to do some things for you. And then they do people. I know a lady who took about seven people's laptops for the person. Yeah. Someone, I mean, someone took so much money from so many people within two hours for the person. When anybody stops you and tells you your, your destiny, tell him your, your destiny has been locked under under the sea, not mine, yours. Not mine. I, mine is in Christ. I am seated in heavenly places together with Christ Jesus. That's where I am. Nothing can touch me. No demon has that of hell can touch me. What it means is that now you can have confidence even with the devil. You can tell the devil that get out and he will get out. You can tell him to stop. Whenever you hear that a particular problem is spiritual, be excited because that is the easiest thing you can deal with. Be excited because that is the easiest thing you can deal with. Did you hear what I said? Because if you read in Mark, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Look at Mark 16, 15. And Jesus said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Verse 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. That is the first thing. says, in my name they shall cast out devils. All that Jesus did, Jesus got a name through his accomplishments. Okay, you can have a name through your accomplishment. When someone does something, the person's name becomes famous. The person becomes famous in various places. Jesus' name is famous everywhere. And every everything responds to his name, and he has given his name to you and I. Bible says, At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow, of beings in heaven, of beings on earth, and of beings under the earth. All the principalities and powers that are arrayed against us cannot do anything to us because of our spiritual sitting in Christ. We are seated far above all principalities and powers. Look at Colossians chapter 2, verse 9 and verse 10. All these things are in the scriptures. They are so beautiful. It says, for in him, for in Christ dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. It says that Godhead is in Jesus Christ bodily. It means that when you go to heaven, you don't see God sitting somewhere and you just sitting somewhere. God is pleased to dwell in Jesus bodily. So you see Jesus, and you see God in Jesus, because Jesus is God. <laughs> For in Him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. Next verse, then He says, "And you and I are complete in Him, which is the head of all principality and power. He is the head of all principality and power, and we are in Him. We are one with Him. I'm one with Him. I'm one with him. Listen, no witch hatter to hell can touch you. No demon out of hell can touch you. No principality, power, spirit of wickedness can touch you. They are there. You should don't make the mistake of thinking that they are not, there are no spirits in the world. Spirits of wickedness. Let me show you. Ephesians chapter 6. Let's read verse 12. Ephesians 6, 12. It says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So there are spiritual wickedness in high places. Who, who are looking for, for you to destroy? But they can't touch you because of where you are seated. Now, always remember how you are seated. If you forget, you have a problem. Always remember how you are seated. Remember that you are seated in heavenly places together with Christ Jesus. When you see the the activities around you, don't become afraid. Don't say, hey, what is happening? Everything I touch, when I touch money, it gets destroyed. Hey, if you touch money and it gets destroyed, then you have to do something about it. You have to remind the money that, listen, I'm seated together in heavenly places with Christ Jesus. You can't be destroyed in my hands. My hands are blessed. My hands are the hands of Jesus Christ. When I touch the, the money, the money must multiply and not reduce in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's what you should say to yourself. That business is going to work. If someone tells you, I'm taking your business to <laughs> Juju, to Agbala, that is the least thing you should you should worry about. When, he, when you hear that, tell him that, listen, that Akbala, that Juju will never work because when you call my name, Jesus is the one who appeared there because I'm one with him and i'm seated together in him we are seated in the place of rest brother learn to rest in the finished work of christ learn to rest in the blessings that he has brought to your life stop fighting stop quarreling over unnecessary things stop seeing that the devil is chasing me the devil cannot chase you you are the one who is chasing him jesus said i will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us we are rather on the ascendancy not the other way around so remember your spiritual positioning always remember that because of where you are seated together in christ jesus we are blessed and we are highly favored there's no power from hell that can touch you successfully nobody can kill you it's not possible because you have victory over death you have victory over hell you have victory over over sickness over poverty over weakness because of what jesus did we are one with him we are one with him jesus said before he died in john chapter 14 verse 20 he says at that day you shall know that i am in the father and you I in me and I in you. At that day, what day is that? This is the day. That you shall know. You must know it. It is your knowledge that makes all the difference. You must know it. You must know where you are now. You shall know that I am in my father and you in me and I in you. He is in you and you are in him. You are one with him, inseparable. So have victory over demons, over spirits, over, over depression, over all the things that the devil does because of your consciousness of your union with him produce fruits results on every side of your life because of your confidence in him know that when you pray your prayers answered and you have you have results because of your oneness with him know that when you say this should happen it will happen because you have authority with him you have his authority you share in his authority we are co-heirs together with him hallelujah so my future is bright my future is exciting Everywhere I go, I'm blessed in the name of the Lord Jesus because I am one with God through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know if you are confident in life. Be confident about the future because you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks, for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastoti Podcast. Simply search for Pastotti on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.